This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I always go out there and play the way I know I can. And I think just as a whole, I just want us to come out there and start fast and try to get ahead early, then falling behind and just trying to play catch up all the time. That is James Robinson, mm. Jacksonville Jaguars running back. And, you know, I think he says it best, really. He doesn't say a lot, but he might have said it best. If the Jags have a chance, they can't keep getting behind like this. I mean, this is – and especially now. Like, if, if they got behind before, Gardner Minshew, you felt, okay, you might be able to come back. Yeah. Well, come on. I mean, Jake Luton, we have no idea. And you don't want to put him in that situation uh, against J.J. Watt. And believe me, I've been the biggest cheerleader that J.J. Watt is not who he used to be. Mm-hmm. But it's still, if you're going to get behind by a couple scores and you're going to put, be put in passing situations, I don't really think J.J. Watt's on the top of my list mm-hmm. uh, of of who I want rushing the passer. So, um he can still get his. Hey, is there going to be a game on Sunday between the Jaguars and the Texans or what? Yeah, I, you know, it's it's interesting. That's a great question, right? In fact, there's two reasons why I'm dressed like this. Uh-oh. One is because I have to go do something for Jaguars All Access in about five minutes. Nice. So I'm going to take over the show by myself. You are. Thanks for the email. Appreciate it. Uh, well, you don't wow. read them anyway. That's, that's harsh. That's yeah, all good, by, though. By yourself. Really? Okay. Cool. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Stuart. Yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think that is? Who do you think that is? It's cool. You know? No worries. Sorry, yeah. man. Yeah, you're good. Who do you you're think good. that is? Coos yeah, over there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like you read emails. I mean, I, I read that you didn't send one to me today. I did, so. actually, in the last 10 minutes. But Our email, ser- mean, our email <laughs> servers are messed up right now, so that's probably uh, why the, the old, the yeah, they were, actually, The server was all messed up today. The old server but, messed up. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, so i got to go down and do that. But I also have to tape like a 5 o'clock hit mm-hmm. uh, on the Houston Texans closing the facility. And I'm like, really? Like, do I really have to tape this? Yeah. Because is this really newsworthy? Is it newsworthy anymore? That that a facility closes down. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers facility closed yesterday. I thought that was newsworthy. They put four on COVID uh, list today. Well, they play tonight. Sure. Like, that's a big deal. I mean, that's a day before. I just feel like we're seeing a lot of these teams now have a day where, okay, we know how to deal with this. We're just going to shut the facility down. We'll do virtual meetings, whatever it might be. Now, is it a big deal in Houston? Probably because they miss a practice day, Mm -hmm. and you don't know what else is happening. They're going to be without a few linebackers, by the way. It's Jacob Martin uh, who tests positive for coronavirus. So it it could become bigger. I'm not dismissing that. I just feel like the NFL's had – I mean, has every team closed their facility at one point or another or been to intensive protocol now? Or It almost feels like every team has had a little bit of a bout yeah. with this so far, you know? No, without a doubt. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's the way of the, of the COVID-19 landscape. I mean, every team, I feel like, has to go through this a little bit. But I'm just saying when the head coach of the Houston Texans, Romeo Crennel, comes out and says, hey, we'll see. Like, It's not guaranteed they're going to play in Jacksonville yet. Well, then, obviously, that raises a red flag. And obviously, um, if you're a Jaguars fan, you're probably wondering, well, are they going to play or not? Well, Whitney Merciless and Dylan Cole have been identified as close contacts to Jacob Martin. So they are at high risk. Needs they can't play. So they're already going to not play. And by the way, Whitney Merciless is a Jags killer mm-hmm. over the years. I mean, he has absolutely made a career against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we'll see what else they do. Um, and, and if this grows, I just feel like I, I and again, this might be shame on me and I apologize for it. But I'm just keeping it real with you and, and kind of say how when I see this now, a facility closed, I don't think it's 
major news because it's what could follow that could become major news. But we've seen facilities close and teams play games. So that's the way I think the Houston Texans are coming here Sunday and the game will be played as of now. Yeah, well, it is going to be played as you know, of it's, now. It's that yeah. next man up mentality that the NFL has has always gone with. And shoot, if you're losing three linebackers, that yeah. that can be you know pretty substantial. You got to go to the practice squad. Texans probably have to go to a guy the Gator fans in town might be familiar with. Jonathan Grenard going to get yeah. a lot more defensive snaps, so certainly an interesting side note to that. But this, this is why these practice squads were built up bigger this year in order to account for these sort of things. Exactly yeah. that, right? I sure. mean, that's why you built up the the practice squads. Absolutely. I mean, all I'm saying is, listen, if the head coach comes out and says, we have to wait till tomorrow to see if we're going to play or not, the NFL wants to play, but we're on a decision, I mean, at least there's a possibility the game might not go down. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's coming from the head coach. So, I mean, i, I got to take him at his word there. More than likely, they probably should play depending on if another player comes out with COVID-19 or not. But when a head coach comes out and says, well, we'll see. I mean, you got to wait and see. Yeah, and, and by the way, the, the, there's no official word on the game. Cornell said the league wants to play the game, mm-hmm. if possible. It didn't say Houston wants to play. It said the league wants to play. Yeah, well, yeah, frankly, yeah. I think it's kind of – I don't know if the Jags or Houston want to play games right now. <laughs> but yeah. if this has if this damages the top two draft pick selection because the Jags didn't play a game, I'm going to be pretty ticked off around here, okay? Mm-hmm. So make sure you – put it as a loss if you have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever it might be. Uh, decision will be Friday at the earliest, at the mm-hmm. earliest for the game. And, and again, I'm not dismissing the fact that it could be big news. Mm -hmm. I just feel like the initial reports, and you're right about Cornell. Cornell's words are a little bit more, hey, let's wait and see, right? It's not like, hey, we're moving on. I I just feel like we've seen this around. I mean, Chicago paused activities today Mm -hmm. because they had a player test positive. We have seen, um, I think, Denver and New England. and, And I mean, just about, like I said, just about every team has had a bout with this. And a lot of times, even on like a Friday or a Saturday prior to games, prior to traveling, their traveling has been put on hold, then boom, okay, we're all good to go. So I just feel like Houston will be ready to come here to Jacksonville and play the game on Sunday. Um, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. You know, And by the way, that's the hope. I mean, you hope we get a of game course, in here yes, Sunday. Thinking. Yeah. Uh, that you want to be able to, to play these things out. Obviously, there's a we want to be able to watch these young guys and see what happens. And now Jake Luton. Be really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. At least it's not the Jags from Jake Luton's standpoint. It's not the Jags dealing with this, which adds another circus part of it. It's not the Jags going on the road to Houston. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like at least the Jags are benefited by the fact that they're at home. They can kind of say, hey, we're playing, we're playing, we're playing. If they don't show up on Sunday, obviously we're not playing. Mm-hmm. But they don't have to really do much out of their norm mm-hmm. right now uh, and close their facility right now. Because that would be another wrinkle to Jake Luton where you might start questioning whether he, you should play him. Like if if the Jags had this situation and they had to close their facility or, and not practice today, I mean, that takes a practice day away from a guy who's never taken an NFL snap, which I already think is a little bit bizarre that he's even going on Sunday. That would just add to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, listen, this this – this whole landscape right now of NFL, of how they're trying to deal with everything, I mean, it's always evolving, right? And I think with Houston right now, I mean, we'll wait and see. Hopefully the game goes down. I think with Jackson, hopefully everything's going well with them. But, I mean, it's constantly evolving. Like, you know, you have, you have the 49ers right now. Kendrick Bourne comes out today and tests negative. Now, one would say, well, if you test negative, then you should be able to play. Well, that's not how the rules work as of now. So, like, you have a college football landscape where a head coach and Nick Saban can come out and say, you know what, we're going to uh, – we're going to go ahead and sit you out just because you tested positive. Oh, never mind. You tested negative three times. Come on down to the sidelines, Nick. We're here for you. You have the same situation in the NFL where a player does the exact same thing, and now he can't play. So there's 
the, there's no exact science to this. Like, there's no, all right, here's what we got to do here. I mean, it's just kind of evolving as we go along, and hopefully for the, the best part, it works out for as many people as possible, let's just say. Yeah, no doubt. Obviously, the NFL has been dealing with COVID-19 and kind of how to handle it when these cases pop up. Well, college football has as well. A little breaking news for you. Pac-12 expected to start this week. That'll be without one of their games as the Cal-Washington game has officially been postponed or canceled. Not sure exactly which word they went with. But uh, one of the student-athletes for Cal has tested positive. Contact tracing with his teammates. They wouldn't have enough guys to have a competitive roster. And so that game is off for this weekend. So no Cal-Washington Pac-12 opener. Yeah, and I think Navy might have uh, – I think there was another game that may be canceled. I think I saw it was Navy. I, I don't even know who they're playing. It was playing. canceled, by the way. Uh, not postponed. Canceled. It was canceled. So when you're starting this late, I don't know how many makeup dates the Pac-12 included uh, or even potential for them to play more. Their seven-game season mm-hmm. is the Pac-12. So it's already shrunk down in a big-time capacity. Do you think at all uh, – speaking of that, and we'll talk a little bit more about COVID-19 impact because it could really – I don't know how much it alters the landscape. Clemson and Notre Dame play. You know, mm-hmm. obviously this huge game here this weekend, Georgia, Florida. Yeah. But Clemson and Notre Dame play. But I'm not sure it alters the landscape of the national championship picture that much. This is actually a mulligan game potentially for Clemson especially because yeah. they come with so much street cred already to begin with and what they've done the last handful of years. And they have Trevor Lawrence. And if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, well, then you got a little bit of an excuse. Now, if they had lost last week and they lose this week, I don't know if they could overcome that. Mm-hmm. Uh, already we're seeing Trevor Lawrence kind of be out of the – or at least drop back a bit in the Heisman uh, hopeful uh, odds. So, I, I. But what my question is, at least right now, we'll get to Trevor Lawrence a little bit later. Uh, my question is, the Big Ten started late. Mm-hmm. Pac-12 is trying to start up now. Mac just got going last night. Do you think those leagues are happy that they're starting up? Do you think the presidents are like, we made the right decision to go start back up? Do you like? This Cal game, somebody on, on like the commissioner or the president at Cal, if he was against it, could be like, "See, this is why I told you where we shouldn't yeah, do this." Yeah, you know, I just yeah. want i don't have a good feel for the temperature of these conferences that initially said, "Hey, no, we ain't doing this," yeah, and now have jumped in and say, "Okay, it's cool." Well, listen, if you come from the school of where you think, you know what, this isn't a good idea, I, I get it, but I don't because you're only responsible for what, maybe 80 to 90 players and like staff and stuff like that. Like, you're not really worried about crowds right now. I feel like if you're in the, the Pac 12, because I don't think crowds are really a thing right now in some of those games. Now, maybe parents and things like that, but obviously they're not having sellout games right now. So, like, in terms of the optics and in terms of having to deal with people, like, it's only really the players and the program. Now, keep in mind, this is a university, universities make money. Anytime you play on TV, I feel like that kind of generates some kind of, at least some kind of income coming in your pocket and coming in your school's pocket. So while the optics may look a certain way, at the end of the day, if, you're, if your team's on television and they're playing football, that means something in terms of how much revenue you can generate. So I don't think it's they're really that disappointed in it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, well, listen, I think the folks at Ohio State are extremely happy they're playing. Mm-hmm. I think Justin, I think the players are happy. I think the coaches are happy. I think the ADs are happy. They're creating some kind of dollars and revenue and, and TVs are happy and all that stuff. I just wonder if there's still a little I don't feel it. I don't feel like there's angst. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are like, okay, it's it's a, we got to deal with this. Mm-hmm. It can be problematic. Look what happened down in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. But now Gainesville's, uh, Gainesville, Gators are on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you can deal with it. Right. I think what the Florida Gators proved is, oh, makes you catch your breath a little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, you can deal with it. Now, there might be a point where you can't deal with it. If the Gators were to get another outbreak, well, where do you fit all the games or you lose games or however that might be? And maybe that's too much to handle. And then you really start second guessing. 
I guess overall, I just don't feel like there's been a lot of second guessing in sports in general that people are playing. I, I don't feel like that second guessing market is out there mm. um, or it's ver- not a very loud market because I don't hear them. Well, and listen, I don't think anyone's going to question, like, for instance, Wisconsin. You know, they've had how many players come down with COVID-19 and they had to cancel a couple games. Like, no one's canceling. Or no one's, like, questioning Wisconsin right now. Well, you guys shouldn't cancel this. You guys should, can- you know, like, I mean, no one's questioning the canceling of football games when teams come down with COVID. So I think that as long as you're at the party, as long as that you're around and you're kind of following the status quo, I think that helps you from recruiting. I think it helps you from, you know, obviously making your student athletes happy. And I think it actually helps from optics a little bit, too, where it puts you in a better light. Now, once again, if you if your team comes down with COVID, I mean, that's beyond your control. You can't control the uncontrollables. It is what it is. But at least you guys are trying. I think right now the effort is the most important thing. Do the Jacks have a chance this week? Of of winning. Of winning. Like, where's your level of, you know what? They got three linebackers out now. Merciless isn't going to be in there. Uh, Jags are coming off a bye. You try to mix things up. You get a little shot in the arm maybe with Jake Luton. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're, you know, listen, I've, I've been the Sunshine and Rainbows guy for a long time. I can find a way. But I've been very honest with you this week. I have trouble finding a way. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of confidence in this football game for me. I, I don't think Jake Luton's going to play that well. I think it's a tough spot for him. I don't think the Jags are very good. I don't see any uh, end in sight of that from a defensive standpoint of stopping Deshaun Watson and company. I'm not saying they're going to give up 30. I just don't see the, okay, we'll give up 27 today and we're going to score 28. I, I just don't see that. Yeah, I mean, listen, this all comes down to Jay Gruden. We know what the defense is going to give you, right? The defense is going to give up points. You have Deshaun Watson coming in, who's kind of underachieved this entire season, but they still have a slew of receivers that can hurt you. They got Will Fuller, who decided, I guess, to stay in Houston. They didn't trade him away. The whole Green Bay Packers got some, just kind of some rumors. So you got Will Fuller. You got Brandon Cooks. They got Fells. Um, and they got David Johnson, who's had a little bit of a resurgence this year at the running back position. So they have a lot of weapons on offense. It's going to be hard to stop all of those. The question comes down to if Jay Gruden can get a rookie quarterback, a six-round pick out of Oregon, can he get him to play, I would say, adequately? Is that even a word? Can he get him to play adequate, let's just That's say? That's good. Yeah, Adequate's there we go. good, man. That's like, a good Can he get word. him to play adequate? Because at the end of the day, the only way the Jaguars are going to win this game is if they slow down the ball or, you know, slow down the game with James Robinson um, and take some pressure off Luton. Now, once again, I've been very adamant about this. I think Gruen's system, what he preaches, at least what he had in Washington and a little bit in, in Cincinnati, it's the fact that it takes care of the quarterback with short passes. We saw it a little bit with Minshew almost to the point where we're asking, hey, Jay, let's go deep a couple times, man. Why do we keep on going short? I think that if you implement the short pass game with Luton, the the drag routes, the curl routes, the hitches, things like that, you might have some success. It's all about building this confidence right now, right? Like, the last thing you want to do is, hey, Luton, go out there and win us a game when you're throwing 40 times a game. Like, that that's ain't going to happen. No. That's, that's not feasible. That's not realistic. But it can be realistic if you set him up for success, and success is going to come from short passes, James Robinson, and play action. How Freudian of a slip is this, where I, I try to push out stuff, you know, and say, hey, here's a topic we're talking about on sure. Twitter. And I just kind of accidentally said, do you feel the Jaguars will, can, win, Oh. I might say this week, right? Yeah, and I yeah. said this year. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, kind of, I mean, to be fair, that's probably the easiest game they're going to have the rest of the year. You right? could make the case that it is record-wise, yeah. but they've played five. The last five games record-wise has looked good on paper. I, sure. I still think the Chicago game looms later on in the year as a game where they could be in the tank by then, right? Now, who knows? They might be going to playoffs by then, too. Yeah. But they could have a lot of issues, right, with yeah. the job, security, and all that. So mm-hmm. that's a game that I still kind of... It sticks out, and I don't think they're that good. I think they've been very smoke and mirrors right now. But and 
they're not going to. You could play good defense against them because they're probably not going to light you up. True. True. So uh, I don't know. That, that's a game that's still. I think Houston's a tough. Jacks don't play well against Houston when they're good. Mm-hmm. You know, or semi good. Yeah. And right now they're not good. Well, and listen once again, like Houston has a great offense. You know, they're, they're explosive and. Um, the last thing you want to see is them come out and make it look too easy. Because then even if you have a, a decent offensive game plan, it's not going to cut it. So the defense has to show up just a little bit. Once again, we talk about Ben not breaking. I just think, though, Houston has way too many you know skill guys at their positions right now to dominate. All right, I, I got to go do this thing. Weber, take it away and then take us to break. I'll be back in a few. All right, sounds good. I was going to say, I do, I do want to clarify the fact that while we don't want Luton to throw it a ton, yeah. I also don't want to see James Robinson throw it at all. <laughs> yeah, that's the listen. That's the last thing you want to do. And you know what? And kind of the biggest story into this game. It's something that hasn't really been talked about the past couple of days. But I'm going to hold Doug Marone accountable here. We heard Doug Marone say, and I can't repeat it for the sake of our sponsors and obviously the FCC. But he had a couple of choice words. But he's he's going to do some crazy stuff. Let's just say right now, whether that was cannon fodder, whether that was actually a real comment. I'm going to look for it. Like, one of the very first things I'm going to look for, assuming this game goes down on Sunday, is I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch very closely to see, well, what was that? Oh, that's different. I haven't seen that before. Because I'm taking Doug Marone on his word right now. I mean, I don't think he has any reason to lie, you know? So, like, when he says we're going to try some, once again, quote-unquote, crazy stuff, like, what do you see him entailing to that? Well, and here's the thing. Because of all these changes on offense, I don't really see the crazy stuff happening in that offensive game plan simply yeah. because of the fact that you don't want to overload uh, a rookie who's never called a play in an NFL game, who's never seen a play in an mm-hmm. NFL game, no less. So I would expect it to come on special teams. That's that's where I think that you, you really throw out the barrel of tricks and, and start to you know do a little surprise onside kick at some point during the game. Heck, do it on the opening kickoff. <laughs> yeah. Do it on the opening kickoff. Why not? Make it a high school game. Sometimes, you know... <laughs> It's not safe to kick it deep. Just just get it going right away, and, you know, if they score, they score. They were probably yeah. going to drive 80 anyways. Sure. So make them drive 50. So, so what you're saying is they win the coin toss. Yep. They, they like to defer, yep. which is going to make a lot of people upset because, yep. you know, we've been over that whole coin toss thing for a while. Like, that was actually a storyline for a couple of weeks. You defer onside kick right away. Hey, you never know. You know what? And if any guy is capable of designing, you know, I mean, I was the onside kick's the onside kick. But I'm talking, like, fake punts and things of that nature. Jody Camillus is kind of like the... Like the mad scientist when it comes to that type of things. Maybe you can see some of the Houston special teams where they can get advantage. I think, honestly, and I'm not sure what Doug Marone meant by that, right? I mean, we'll have, we'll have to, you know, stay tuned, everybody. Grab your popcorn and get ready. I wonder if we see more LaVisca Chenault out of the Wildcat, right? Yeah. Because that's something that seems feasible. You want to talk about making life easy for Luton. Well, the, have have the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go ahead. Hey, go ahead and sit on the bench a little bit. Let's see what LaVisca's got. I mean, I'm not sure what kind of army he's got, but obviously the Wildcat formation, which obviously Jake Gruden ran a lot in Cincinnati. Maybe you see some more Visca stuff. Like, I, I think at least if you had that, that's fun. You know, like the season obviously hasn't gone the way people want it to go. But you know what? LaVisca and the Wildcat, we can have some fun with that. I can break that down the wall that says it all. Be a great time. You talk about what kind of army has. I want to know what kind of arm Logan Cook has. Oh. Can we get a putter pass? Ooh. Can we do that? Tommy Townsend did it for the Chiefs last week. I like that. I like and that. Logan well. Cook. Man, so. where, hey, where's Tom Coughlin when you need him, man? Bring Tom Coughlin back so we can give, get on that Logan Cook hype train again, man. I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> More on ESPN 690 when we get back. 
Austin Lane. The Rock, out of nowhere, buys the XFL during a pandemic, mind you, goes half in with his ex-wife. So now you're going to business with your ex-wife. Brent Martineau. I don't know if that's on the business advice list. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. In training camp, you know, with the rookies, I was calling it and you know, the reps that I did get in training camp was calling it, but I definitely haven't, you know, had the opportunity to go out and, and call the whole playbook and, and really be in there with the guys. So, uh, you know, this will be the first time, but, you know, so far this week, it's, it's felt good. I felt confident. Um, so I'm ready to go. Jags quarterback, Jake Luton. Stewart. Sounds weird to say, doesn't it? I know, right? Big time. Well, and I, I was calling him Luton forever, too, so I apologize about that. I feel like every, a lot of people are calling him Luton. Yeah, rhymes with... Gluten, not crouton. Exactly. Or futon, if you oh. will. Luton. Yeah, Luton. Yeah, Luton. And I'm telling you, man, this guy comes out like I think he could get your. I'm all about Luton. I don't know. I mean, I still got to brainstorm it a little bit, right? I haven't there found are shirt a, options. There's shirt options, right? And, I, and I'm definitely going to tie it to gluten, obviously. And that's going to be trademarked. So, so don't steal it, all right? Don't steal any of my ideas. Are printing them, by the way. I mean, I have lawyers just at the snap of a finger ready to sue somebody if they steal my. Luton is greater than gluten, okay? Just telling you guys right now. Okay. But uh, you think I'm joking, too? I do. I, you'd be surprised. We have some, we have some lawyer friends on the show now. I'm going to come in tomorrow wearing a non-sanctioned Luton is better than gluten shirt. Just well, to- it'll, it'll be your last day on the show regardless because I think we got Coos coming back next week. By the way, Action Sports Jack Stuart Weber here, man. Been pushing oh, man, all man. the right buttons for the past, well, two weeks now. Yeah, a little two weeks. Um, and listen, everyone's talking about it. The people are starting to murmur. You're crushing it. You're absolutely killing the spot. We appreciate it. Um, how much fun are you having with this whole thing? Yeah, it is fun. You know, I always enjoy when I get to pop into the studio and chat with you guys for, yeah. you know, 15, 30 minutes or even like when we did like a full week together last summer. Yeah. Uh, before the before the COVID times. Well, obviously, it throws me off a little bit because I'm, I'm used to talking to Coos, right? Sure. And with Coos, you know, we can go back and forth a little bit. You know, I can give him a little heckling every once in a while. But Whereas with I'm you, a respected journalist. Well, with you, I mean, you have like a perfect SAT score. So, yeah. like, for you, it's a little different, right? Like, I have to bring my A game. I have to take notes to talk smack to you a little bit. But um, more or less respect for Coos now having done his job before. Like, do you feel it's easier than you expected? Harder? And if it's harder, do you have more respect for Justin Kuzart? I don't know if I could ever answer yes, I have more respect for Justin Kuzar, no matter what the what the occasion may be. Uh, but no, once you get into the rhythm of it back here, I think the the pressing the buttons part is one thing. It's the it's the fun of, of trying to track down, you know, sound to rejoin with and, and yeah. things of that sort to to contribute to the topic and then provide some some added insight to the conversation whenever possible. Gotcha, that's gotcha. The fun, that's the fun part. I oh, think. A, that's the great and, part. And then remembering to click buttons like turn on the video feed and, yeah. and do this, that, and the other thing Well, back and then you're answering calls as well. I mean, listen, I couldn't do it. So props to you. You came in ready. You delivered. It's, it's your last day here, I guess, right? I mean, you're going to come in, obviously, still with high school football and stuff. Yeah, you're going to be in and out, yeah, but this is, uh, <laughs> this is this is going to be your last gig as, like, the reliever, as they call you, before you come in as Perhaps. A, maybe, like, a setup man. You know what? I I, uh, I like to think of it as a little added flexibility for our squad to where if uh, – if you know, if I get the call and they need some help, I'm I'm able to jump in in a pinch and help out a little bit. So I like it. The, the more you can do, as opposed to what Brent was saying yesterday, when he made the point that the less you can do, the better. Yeah. Uh, I I do not agree with him on that one. I I like the the well-roundedness of everything, and so although I will be in Colorado next week, 
I will not be able to help next week. So a little skiing, a little snowboarding. Gosh, I I'm still holding out hope. Nothing's open yet. But they got snow, don't they? They had like okay. a day of it. Okay. It's supposed to snow on Saturday too. Um, but hopefully I can get out to Loveland. That's the idea. Okay. That's one of the first ones to open every year. Sure. But like it needs to be open Tuesday. Okay. Like I'm like days away from it needing to be open, and it's still not open, and so. Uh, so is this more of like a like a personal journey, more of a spiritual journey to Colorado, or what brings you out to the to the Rocky Mountains, Stuart? A little visit to go see my bowling team. Uh, two of the key members. <laughs> hey, the, hey, no time out. You, hey, yeah? oh, yeah, what? I mean, listen, what? listen. You throw the bowling team into the phrase like that. Hey, I'm happy get, to. And it's gonna garner a little reaction from me. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to visit your bowling team. Yeah. Well, close close friends that I had before we bowled as well. But, you know, ah, I got the, you. The whole bowling team is going out there. It's not okay. just me. Okay. I got uh, you. So we're going to go visit them at their new house out in Denver. So, okay. Uh, you guys can do a little bowling as well. You know what? There's. It's gonna be like 40 degrees the whole week. So Might there's well a inside. strong possibility of us going bowling. Okay. Now those of us from Jacksonville won't have our balls with us, so you know it'll be a little harder. <laughs> that's gonna be harder button, to but anyways, yeah. But you know, yeah. Yeah, that's a good drop button. Right? That's, that's a good drop button. You know, we we do what we can out yeah. here. But no, I'm looking forward to it. You know, get you know go enjoy that a bit. Uh, you know, we were robbed of so much travel this year, so yeah. Uh, add that back in a little. Last bowling question. Let's get back to the Jacksonville Jaguars sure. here. Size, uh, I guess pound, like poundage of the ball that you use. Whatever poundage you, of the ball. Pound, Good drop. Whatever, whatever yep. man. Pound, like weight. Yeah, the weight of the ball. How, how heavy do you use? I go with a 14 pound ball. Little, uh, little, it goes up to okay. 16. Okay, so pretty heavy then. Yeah, pretty heavy. Okay. You know, you know the the heavier weight helps when you're throwing a hook. You know? Sure. So I, you know, I throw a normal right-handed hook. Okay. Uh, one-handed. I'm not two-handed bowler like these crazy kids that, these days. Well, that'd be cool, right? Because that's that's where all the Facebook views come in. That's where all the Instagram likes come in. They get the rev rate. They love yeah, that they rev do. rate. That's they the do. key for them. By the way, um, I can actually segue this into a little shout-out to the uh, Sandalwood Girls Bowling Program who came back with a top-six performance at States. Let's go. Uh, so congrats to the Saints for getting the job done down at the state championships Let's this week. Let's go. What, what, uh, do you know where that was at? What's that? Well, do you know like, where the state bowling championships are at? In Florida. Oh, I understand, yeah, but you don't. Okay, yeah, I got you. I don't know. Okay, at a bowling you. at a bowling alley at a bowling somewhere. Alley, for sure. It's not like the venue. The venue really makes too big of a difference. Okay, I guess, hey, but. forgive me to think that Florida had some kind of mecca where you can go bowl at. My bad. At any bowling alley. I'll tell you what, man, Wisconsin. You, you got the mecca of bowling. You go to Silver Lake Lanes in Scandinavia, Wisconsin. Okay, good I like stuff that. over there. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Really, uh, really fast, oily lanes for you. Yeah. Shout out to Silver Lake Lanes. Shout out to Silver Lake. Get, get this guy some free shoes and a couple games. Well, listen, man, this is the this is the bowling alley that I grew up in, and it's the bowling alley that actually bought me three free kegs when I got drafted. So oh, I don't need anything from them. You're good. They've, they've done enough already, man, yeah. so it's all good. But getting back to the Jaguars now, obviously playing the Houston Texans. Houston Texans coming to town. Um, I guess I, I guess the big question here is, Stuart, is when we talk about Jake Luton, and obviously he's the hot topic right now, he's the trending topic topic for you know Jacksonville social media. I mean, do we give this guy a long leash? Is this just kind of like like a one and done type thing if he doesn't perform well? And then do you go back to Mike Glennon? Like I, I guess like what is the overall goal here? I mean, I understand you want to see what the guy's got, and I completely understand that, right? But let's be honest here. If this was Mitchell's situation, well, he's been up and down, up and down, up and down. But even if Mitch has been down, like you don't see the Jaguars, even though it's kind of rumored, just going to Mike Glennon or Jake Luton, right? Like he has a longer leash because he's earned that capital. He's earned that type of revenue. Luton has zero games underneath his belt, yep. but they're going to roll him out. How long do you give this guy a chance? To, let's say it goes bad, right? Which it very well could be. Let's say it goes bad in this first game against the Houston Texans. Do you roll him out again, or is it Mike Glennon time? Mm, that's a good question. I, I think... 
it all boils down to for the coaching staff, how long does it take for you to 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 learn about the guy? You know, to to see if he's got it. And yeah. it, it's very unfair to be like, here's one game, let's see if you got it, kid. Yeah. You know, to just throw him out there and, and check. But I, I think, yeah, that's a good question. I think you, you you're prepared to bring Glennon in if it get if it's getting like psychologically bad if it's getting like Nathan Peterman bad mm-hmm. all due respect to the Bartram Trail grad local oh, yeah. guy I, I don't know, but, you know you remember that game when he had five interceptions it's bad but but you know but he still had everyone chan- else remembers that but, game when hey, he had five interceptions what? he still had chances after that though he too did. Stewart he did you know yeah that's what I'm saying yeah. so you you know you don't you don't want to scar scar a young player in their first ever attempt at it exactly but at the same time you got to see what you got well, you got to well, see and listen and and that's the that's the dead on answer and, and and you spoke my language there when you said you don't want to scar a player you know it's funny like we always talk about NFL players and I've been in a lot of those locker rooms you know they're these tough guys there's these they're these masculine guys they don't have feelings and things like that but at the same time like the quarterback position. Um, it, it can get so convoluted with like you know analytics and this, but like sometimes you don't you, like, you don't put the motions into it. And like I'm reminded of Blaine Gabbert. Now I get it. People around this city, you know, they feel a certain way about Blaine Gabbert, and probably as they should, right? But I was there when Blaine Gabbert first got to town, and I was there for the first practice where we actually practiced on our own because we're going through a lockout. And I was there with my teammates, you know, and I was there with Daryl Smith and Aaron Campman, and we're all taking a knee, and we're all watching seven on seven, and we're watching Blaine Gabbert for the first time throw a football, and we're like, guys, we're going to have something here. Now, we weren't ready to say, like, all right, well, that's our starter. Like, we'll see you later, Dave. Like, Dave was still the guy, but w- there was kind of a, a general consensus that thought that when it was Blaine Gabbert's time, he would be ready number one, and it would be something new in the city of Jacksonville number two. Now, we all know what happened after that, right? The lockout ends. Dave Graw is supposed to be the quarterback. Um, he, he gets fired, essentially. Well, he, he, he gets released, but I just say he got yeah, fired. He got terminated. Call it what you want. Use a synonym. Um, he got let go before the luncheon, and then all of a sudden it was like Blaine Gabbard time. Now, yeah, Blaine Gabbard, I think, came in week three or week four. But when Dave was released, the writing was on the wall that you're going to go Blaine Gabbard sooner than later. And to me, that absolutely crushed his confidence. You know, because he started off on the wrong foot. He started off thinking he was going to be the backup, have time to learn from Dave, and then all of a sudden he's thrust in the starting role, and it just never worked out for him. Now, I'm not here to tell you that if Blaine Gabbert would have sat out the year, he'd be a Pro Bowl quarterback right now. I have no idea about that. I'm just saying that more than any other position possibly in professional sports, and as crazy as it sounds possible in the game of football, you got to take into account the mentality. You have to take into account um, the feelings and just where the player's psyche's at. So I truly believe that if you go with Jake Luton, then Jake Luton is indeed the guy. We know what Mike Glennon gives you. We've seen the record. We've seen the past history. And it's hard to believe that all of a sudden, you know, during this year of all years, that Mike Glennon can give you an elevated performance of the likes that we've never seen before. We pretty know, we're pretty sure we know what Mike Glennon can bring to the table. We don't know with Luton, though. And when we talk about, well, how long of a leash is this guy on? Listen, I'm not expecting Jake Luton to be the quarterback of the future here. But he could be a piece. He could be a piece that maybe you put as a backup quarterback, depending on what happens with Minshew. He could be a trade value kind of guy. Whatever happens, I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars need to take a long, long look at Jake Luton. Now, the irony of that is that if you do give him a long leash, 
Well, now fans out there, including maybe Brent, could say, well, they're tanking. You know, it's like, oh, you're going to keep him out there even though maybe he threw four interceptions, maybe he had a Peterman game, and now you're going to keep him out there? Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, once you make a commitment to a guy, you got to get at least a decent sample of what you're working with. And I'll be honest, one Houston Texans game, regardless of how good or how bad they are defense, isn't going to buy or sell me on Jake Luton. To me, that comes game two. To me, that comes game three for a proper evaluation. And there let, is a game two. And a and, game three. There is a game two and a game three. But let's be honest right now, Stuart. That's where we're at right now as it's Jaguar season. We're at the evaluation period, right? Because the playoffs, out of the picture, okay? Yeah. This team, probably not going to go to the Super Bowl this year. So what we have to they learn right tickets, now. If you buy tickets, well, maybe, but guess what, though? It's going to be a it's going to be a limited capacity. Short drive. Uh, are we going to that, by the way? Probably not, huh? Probably not. <sighs> I, think there, I think Radio Row's being transitioned into a sort of uh, virtual virtual row. That virtual sounds horrible. That sounds horrible. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do for that. That sounds they're horrible. They're still working on that. I mean, we're not going to see Hori Mazda and Kamara Usman getting a fight in front of us this yeah. year. Oh, Different I, world. That's a bummer, man. But anyways, I guess what I'm trying to say here, um, Stuart, is you got to see what you got with the guy. Okay? The last thing I want to see is a guy come out and have a bad game and then you go to Mike Glennon. Okay? Regardless if you think there's a tanking narrative or not, this is time for evaluation. Going forward, Mike Glennon will always be Mike Glennon. Let's go ahead and take a long look and see what Jake Lewin's got. Now, with Gardner Minshew, if he comes back healthy, obviously it's still Gardner Minshew's job because I think he has enough equity and he's earned that opportunity. But until that time, with Gardner Minshew on the sidelines, and you've announced if you're Doug Marone, you're going to say, Jake Lewin's going to be the starter going forward, then treat him like a starter. Give him the long leash. Let's see what he's got. Let's evaluate his performances. And let's see if we have a building block for the future. Simple as that. Big shout out, by the way, to the folks on YouTube who are watching our streaming. Of course, we stream every day on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, all the fine social media platforms. But uh, we usually get some good conversations, some good back and yeah. forth on the different streams. Right now on, on YouTube, Rodney and Rick going back and forth a little bit about Luton's abilities and what he's going to be able to do. Uh, Rodney seems to think he's going to have a good game and get it started right. Rick wants to see what it's going to look like when he gets smacked in the face a bit. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what the NFL is. So well, uh, keep that conversation going, yeah. guys. We love to see it on our uh, on our chat here on the side. And listen, I'm seeing a lot of great comments here. Let's go ahead and address those. We come after the break here. We'll talk a little bit more about Luton. What, what does he bring as a quarterback? We know he has a big arm, but the big question, how athletic and how mobile is this guy? We'll break that down next year on ESPN 690. <laughs> Uh, it's definitely cool to see, man. Just him, see, just him, you know, progressing each week. Uh, it's just, it's just something that we need. Uh, we need a lot of playmakers up front, and he's definitely been one of those guys. And uh, he just brings a lot of push, a lot of motivation for all the other guys to get, you know, get at the room and hope he continues to play like that. And we need that for the rest of the year. That is Josh Allen uh, talking about Devon Hamilton. It's been a good game for Devon Hamilton to see if he can keep it up, right? Mm-hmm. Just caught up with uh, Josh for Jaguars All Access tonight, and uh, holy cats, is it raining? I know, I was making sure my windows were up. This is awful. I mean, what are we doing here? It's like the sun's out and it's pouring. Like, this is like bigger than a sun shower. (laughs) My goodness. Uh, So I I asked him, I was like, all right, I know you can't tell us for sure. 
But is there going to be a wrinkle on defense? Is there something? Yeah, What's yeah. crazy bleep give mean defensively, something. right? Yeah, yeah, give us something. He got a little smile on his face. You have to see the interview tonight on Jaguars All okay. Access, Fox 37 o'clock. A little teaser. That's a tease. Uh, but you might have a little. It, it sounds like they could move some folks around a little bit. What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, but how drastic? I'm really interested now when you see the game on Sunday, what does it look like if it looks a lot different mm-hmm. or if there's just this wrinkle or two. Keep in mind, the Jags have said over the last couple of seasons, they've actually shown some three, four looks and, and mixed it up more than we want to admit or, yeah. or we think they have. And sometimes you hide that stuff. Be honest with you, listen, the average fan, uh, the average person watching the game isn't looking for that stuff. So some of that you might have to be looking for to actually see what exactly they're doing. Uh, to uh, mix things up. I mean, should we go live for that game? Like, is it going to be that monumental? All of a sudden, a 3-4 defense, and I'm celebrating? I did not say it's going to be a 3-4. I know, I said it. But I'm saying if it is, like, do we go live for that? Is that breaking news? Do you need me to come in and break it down for everybody? Uh, no, that's what we have... Uh, say it. Uh, Monday for. Okay. <laughs> okay. I-, I thought you'd say some kind of other expert. Uh, no. No, okay, we don't. I, got you. I mean, I don't think we have an expert. We are devoid of experts. Yes, we are. <laughs> We just make it up. We are just the casuals. Be honest with you, the Jags have we're gotten to the point where we don't want experts anymore. Yeah, we just like want to cry about the game. Yeah, and and complain about the game. Yeah, we, we're better off having a psychologist or psychiatrist. Yeah, than we are an expert. Sure, sure, sure. On the NFL when yeah. it comes to the Jags. Yeah, yeah. That's where we're at. Yep, I hear you. So, uh, but before you, oh, actually, yeah, before you left, we broke down Jake Luton a little more. Um, some kind of pros and cons, and really. The question that got brought up was, how big of a leash do you give this guy? How much of a look do you have to see of Jake Luton? Uh, I I don't like quick hooks on these kind of things. You make the commitment. That's why I don't really love the move. Because you make a move like this, and you're not getting a – you have to take a look, and you have to commit to it. Yeah. Right. In my opinion, when you're going to make moves, you have to commit to it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean now he's got the license to have the quarterback job for nine weeks. Uh, I'm not saying that. But I would say in this game, yes. Now, could you see the catastrophe of, what was it, like Luke McCown against the Jets? Remember, he had like three picks in the first half, or maybe it was even four. Uh, yeah, or Nathan Peterman moment yep. you guys mentioned Probably earlier. Enough. You know, if you have that, do you then say, well, listen, I mean, the guys, they're looking at this and oof. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that I, I would say that's the only scenario. But what's that? I mean, seriously, thinking knock on wood, that's like a two percent scenario mm-hmm. uh, that that's that it would go that bad. Uh, so, yeah, I don't I think the leash is this game mm-hmm. and then see But I don't think it's much longer than that. I don't think this is like, hey, Jake, we signed you up here for the next couple of weeks. You know, next few weeks. This is your gig. Yeah. I don't think so because there's two on that. Right. One. OK. If, if you really if they get one hundred and twenty yards of offense. You know, this isn't Tua throwing for 93 yards. They mm-hmm. invested. They want to see his growth. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure this team's invested enough in Jake Luton to be like, well, it's okay if you throw for 93 yards. Let's see if you can get 150 next week. Yeah. Right? I don't think that's the case. The other part is Minshew. I mean, Minshew in three weeks could be back. So there's no time frame on it. But mentally, I would be thinking, Jake Luton's my guy for the next couple of weeks. That, mm-hmm. That's what I would be doing if I was uh, – of course, they have much better – idea and appreciation for what Minshew's injury is and how much longer he could be out. But in my estimation, I think Luton's the guy for two to three weeks right now uh, with with a, a pinch hitter of Glennon, if need be. And the other question that we're getting at, and this is kind of the big thing right now we're seeing on the interwebs part of the conversation. Feel free to join that. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch, uh, pretty much anything you want to go to. But the, the mobility, 
can this guy get away with just even an ounce of athleticism and mobility where he's not going to be a detriment to his team? We had a discussion yesterday a little bit about being that statuesque quarterback. Um, and, and here's what I think about it. Yes, he's a pocket passer, hands down. But, like, to me... If you're in any kind of strength and conditioning program right now, like if you went to Oregon State, and keep in mind, I think you went to uh, Idaho first, yes. then Oregon State. So like if you're in any kind of strength and conditioning program, like you're, they're gonna make you for the to have the ability at least a little bit to be able to scramble. Now, if you want to go back to his best year, that was his year in Idaho, where he had you know five rushing touchdowns. Um, I only think he had like 73 yards rushing total on the entire year, but five rushing touchdowns nonetheless. So that leads me to believe, like, listen, this guy's not going to kill you for 40 yards of rushing. There's no way he's going to do that. But I think that if something breaks down, I don't think he's going to be lost back there. Where it's like, well, I got to stand still and take the, and absorb this sack. I think that he can at least, you know, move around just a little bit, at least enough to buy him some time and make it look like he belongs out there. Well, there's a couple ways to look at. It. Listen, Matt Ryan's a statue, right? We we he's established statue, that yesterday. Sure. But still, he can go pick up eight yards when needed. Mm-hmm. When the seas part and there's grass in front of him, he can go get. Eight yards. I I think I'm not saying Luton's immobile. Mm-hmm. I, I think he can do that. I think it more comes down to elusive. And see, the statue guys are elusive in their pocket presence. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, what's the pocket presence of this guy? We have no idea. Mm-hmm. You know. So when you don't know that, like Mitchu obviously doesn't have great pocket presence right now. Uh, he's he's been getting out of there early. The timing doesn't seem right. He, he looks a little uncomfortable at times in the pocket. But he's got elusiveness mm-hmm. where he can escape. A situation, and sometimes that's when he makes his best plays. I just don't think we'll see that from him. You know, I think if you're about to, if the pocket's breaking down, he's going down. Okay, yeah, I hear you. I think what Loon offers, obviously, it's the big arm, um, it's the size, and where Minshew definitely has an advantage. It's obviously the fact that he's a very high intelligent quarterback. Right yeah. now, what does that mean? High IQ quarterback. Are you good at breaking down film? Are you good at you know guessing coverages? Regardless of that, we're not sure if Loon quite has that yet. But at the same time, once again, if you have Jay Gruden setting you up for success with those, you know, those one receiver reads, well, I mean, is the IQ really that important? And say, hey, you throw there, go get a first down. Simple as that. So once again, maybe it's sunshine and rainbows. We'll see what it is. But I'm intrigued at least. Back foot and go. That's it, right? Hit the drop, back foot, throw it. Yeah. And he'll sling it. That's that's going to be the thing. for. He doesn't have much more than that right now. That'd be too much on his plate. We'll be back. ESPN 690. We'll give away some Donato's gift cards. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 